0: Thank you for joining us again for another exciting episode of the Fearless Paranoia podcast, where uh, a couple of cybersecurity enthusiasts seek to demystify the exciting and complex world of cybersecurity coming to you again today. My name is Ryan. I'm a cybersecurity architect, and I'm joined by
1: this guy here. I'm Brian. I'm the cybersecurity attorney.
0: And together, again, we are going to uh, bring you another interesting and sometimes easily confused and complex topic that's very common in the industry, and that is testing your environment. And I'm going to kick it off to Brian to kind of give us a little bit of an overview of the things we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ryan. So there's a lot of ways that you can determine how successful your security is or ways to determine how unsuccessful your security is. There's the traditional method, which is getting hacked a lot. That is the most basic and dumbest approach to determining how effective your cybersecurity isn't. There are also a lot of other ways and a lot of other tools that you can use that essentially simulate some or all of the steps that a cyber criminal may take when they're trying to breach your system. We are going to focus on three today because there are three major assessment tools that are easily and frequently confused. The first is vulnerability assessments. We have talked briefly about vulnerability assessments. Assessments in the past, but it was more about how hackers are using vulnerability assessments to find out about your systems and how you can potentially do the same. The second thing we're going to talk about is pen testing or penetration testing. And then the third thing we're going to talk about is red teams and red teaming. These are three unique cybersecurity analysis tools that you can use to identify things you need to correct in your own security. They have overlaps, but they are not the same thing. They are intended for different things and they effectively do different things. So Ryan, let's start right out with vulnerability scanning and vulnerability assessments.
0: Sure. Sticking really high level, a vulnerability assessment is assessing your systems for exposure to certain known vulnerabilities. So it's effectively what it says right in its title, broad scanning of an environment looking for quick wins. And it's basically a good
1: easy test for low hanging fruit. That's one of the reasons why hackers tend to like it so much, isn't it?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, the easiest way to get into an environment, the path of least resistance would be an exploit or a vulnerability that's trivial to exploit something like a log4j was. It provided an immediate path right into an environment with really highly elevated privileges in a lot of cases. And it took almost no expertise to put something together. Yet now, after we've got broad knowledge of it, those types of exploits and vulnerabilities are very quickly picked up by a, a really astute vulnerability scan. And so it's a good quick way to get that kind of visibility over the low-hanging fruit cybersecurity risks in the environment.
1: So you mentioned that it identifies your potentially basic threats. i imagine that probably qualifies as things like unpatched elements of widely used systems. It's a tool, so they have to know all the vulnerabilities that can be there. And obviously, no assessment tool is going to know every single vulnerability of every single system that's in use. So you're talking about your frequently used, your most often used across an industry tools that this is going to scan, right?
0: Yeah, this is, again, it's going to look for the broad things that you can check in an automated fashion. So the type of test where you have a large category or a large catalog of these known exploits and testing mechanisms available for them and then you just start kind of blindly throwing these tests against the different aspects of your environment and looking for some sort of return of a known exposure or identification of known exposure. I was just saying then you just build reporting based off of that and that starts to become the the target list.
1: Now of course building on that because we have various types of tools in various types of environments for example you have your productivity software that is typically either locally or cloud-based and by that I mean your traditional office suite, your Google business docs, things like that. And then you've also got a whole different set, which would be your internet, your website tools, everything like that. I imagine there are different vulnerability assessments and vulnerability assessment tools available that specialize in certain areas of these tools.
0: Yeah, there are. There's different categories of vulnerability assessment tools that are used really for testing different things. There are some tools that really tend to consolidate some of these activities together, but vulnerability scan can be in a vulnerability assessment of your network, which is of network protocols, network devices. You can do application vulnerability scanning. Again, you can target it across all the different kind of major areas of information technology. If it's an area that has something that can be vulnerable, then there's probably some sort of assessment to look for the known vulnerabilities in those areas.
1: For vulnerability assessments, are we talking about a third-party vendor that you'd be hiring to perform it? Are you talking about potentially just an outside software platform? Is this something that's routinely done in-house? How is it used? Yes. Yes, to all of those. Um, (laughs) Okay, so a wide variety.
0: Yeah, vulnerability assessment should be, like all things in cybersecurity, a layer or a mix of different things because not one single tool will catch every piece of malware, every piece of malicious code. Not one vulnerability assessment is going to catch every single vulnerability that's on the internet. They all mature a little differently. They've all got slight differences in some of their catalogs, even though they tend to really try to work towards that same kind of ideal together. But by having a good layering of these across to all the different areas where you see enough risk to warrant having this type of visibility in place, the opportunity are endless for dealing with third-party software. You can bring in third parties, you can do these activities in-house. It all comes down to what works best for you and your environment.
1: Okay, we're going to move on to the second of our three here. We're going to talk about pen testing. So Ryan, give us a little bit more detailed idea of what pen testing means for small business.
0: Penetration testing, again, at a very high level in most organizations is a little different from vulnerability scanning. However, vulnerability scanning is probably kind of one of the first few steps of a really good pen test engagement because one of the major objectives of a pen test is to penetrate the environment, to penetrate the perimeter, to get past the defenses, to do whatever they have to do to find a way to elevate privileges, to take code, to do whatever kind of their, you know, any of these kind of major external activities that you would expect from normal threat actors
1: nowadays. So a pen test really is essentially saying, here's a target, get in.
0: It's realistically, breach the perimeter and show us all the different ways that you could based on the results of the test. Which again, it's a broad test looking for all of the different ways that could be exploited through exposures that exist in the environment to get into the environment, to escalate privileges, to gain persistence, to exfiltrate data. Any of those types of activities could all fall within the range of a pen test, but typically your pen test is a broad test looking for, again, the existence of those vulnerabilities and the ability to exploit them.
1: So my kind of understanding, and obviously, Ryan, you have much more experience in this than I do, but my understanding is that a lot of pen testing is not as what we'll call broad umbrella analysis as you just described. A lot of it is more limited Approach to finding a way in and finding what you can do once you're in, because quite honestly, the best pen testing companies would end up charging quite a lot to find all the vulnerabilities. It would be very expensive. My understanding that it tends to be more targeted at certain components of an industry or a certain company or certain specific attack vectors. Is that how that works?
0: This is where the lines start to blur a little bit, and this is why there's a lot of confusion in the industry. So, a penetration test, the major goal behind that is to penetrate the environment and to be successful in whatever way it takes. So so again, it starts as a broad test, a scan for vulnerabilities. The goal is basically get in, plant your flag, and say oh, I'm here. A successful pen test would be getting in and gaining domain admin rights over a domain, or getting in and gaining some sort of admin rights over you know, a cloud platform, AWS, Google, Azure, whatever it might. But successfully getting in and being able to produce a report or results of how that was obtained. Again though, a pen test shouldn't be considered complete just because they found one avenue, and part of the goal of a pen test is to be broader and to look for all of those exploitable mechanisms that exist and test for those things as they exist nowadays to provide a report to enact upon those and fix those.
1: You're listening to the Fearless Paranoia Podcast. For more information on keeping yourself, your family, and your company protected against cyber threats, check out the Resilience, Cybersecurity, and Data Privacy blog. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like and subscribe using any of your favorite podcast platforms. Also, please share this podcast with anyone you think would find it helpful or useful. We rely on listeners like you to help get the word out about this show, and we appreciate the support. Now, time for some more cybersecurity. And of course, one of the critical aspects of an effective pen testing, we'll say vendor at this point, is to have skills and capabilities that exceed the vast majority of cyber criminals out there, but they're not probably going to have access to or use some of the most, I'd say, the biggest zero days, things that the hackers are using as they come available. Yeah,
0: And again, this is where we blur the lines, right? Because what you're starting to allude
1: to now is more red team activity. And this Mm -hmm. is where you get into targeted engagements Similar to vulnerability assessment, what are we talking about when we're talking about pen testing? Is this third-party vendor, which I think is probably what most people have in mind? Do you have internal teams? Are there simple software platforms that can perform this for you?
0: Yes, there are pen testing platforms. Typically, it's not one that you just want to pick up a piece of software. There's no just click the button and bam, pen test complete. It would require a lot of configuration and a lot of privilege to be able to do something to that level. But there are full-on pen testing platforms where you can pick it up and either work with whatever third-party contract or have somebody in-house that knows how to use the platform for those type of activities and again yes you can deploy that platform or the that collection of tools against your environment to produce a pen test and the same types of results so again scanning for exploits testing those exploits it finds and seeing how far it can get Past each of those areas would be kind of the typical results of a pen test. And then providing the report back so you have something to work on to try and close those gaps. But uh, again, a pen test is never, haha, I got domain admin once. Now pen test is over because to a company, that's effectively worthless. You go fix that one hole. Well, if 25 other holes exist, then the pen test was a failure. They walked away. They took a bunch of money. You fixed one hole. But the pen test needs to be repeated. It needs to be very broad spread. And that's where the real value of a pen test comes, is kind of taking vulnerability scans to that next level to see how vulnerable are you to those things.
1: All right, so we talked vulnerability scanning, we've talked pen testing. You alluded to it before, red teaming, what is it?
0: Red teaming kind of takes pen testing and it changes it a bit. So again, penetration testing is looking across the whole environment. Red teaming is a series of engagements or an engagement to try and accomplish a goal of some sort. So typically a red team has a very targeted goal in mind and where pen tests operate much more publicly and the goal is to kind of see what you're vulnerable to, Red Team's goal is to act privately. They really don't want their activities to be broadcast ahead of time. Part of a Red Team assessment is you want to see your organization act as though this is a real threat. And so your Red Team will engage to say, let's just throwing out a spitball of a goal. Let's just say there's a particular document and we'll just say they draw up a fake document that says this is a document with a bunch of employee information in it. We're going to put it in our normal area where we store all of our employee documents, but this is a fake document. Red Team's goal is to take said document and see if they can exfiltrate. It without anyone catching them or whatever you see how far they can get with that but if they can get off site with that information whether they get caught or not they successfully exfiltrated what would be company critical data so red team will get a targeted engagement of this is where we need to test this is how we're going to test let's see what the business can do to actually stop us and ultimately successful red team engagement would be a red team that gets absolutely shut down at every step of the way because that means that they've worked well to partner within their teams to build up a really great layered set of defenses that highly skilled penetration testers and, and red teamers can't get
1: through. So, okay, so let's acknowledge right from the start that the idea of red teaming being performed by a software platform would not only be technically, I would argue, infeasible, at least at the moment, but also from a security standpoint, ridiculous to trust. And Ryan, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I really hope that we're not already putting chat GPT in charge of red teaming, but I believe you're talking about vendors or internal teams here. That's pretty much what we're looking at, right?
0: I would think that most people that run red teaming teams and are at the state of security maturity, to be able to run a red team will run it internally. That's more often than not, I believe, going to be the case. There are some red teams for hire that will work with certain partners, either on short or long engagements, to complete certain activities. It's absolutely feasible for a company that doesn't run a broad red team to pick up a new type of technology that they want to test thoroughly or that they want to test new compliance certification and to go out and get a third-party red team assessment and say, try to take our keys from our vault and see if you can. they'll pay them for that particular goal. That's the security mm-hmm. of our key store, because that will be a major requirement to them selling their services or selling their product later on. And so they'll take those type of limited engagements. So again, this is usually very, very targeted.
1: That's a good jumping off point to getting to real nuts and bolts comparison of these things. It's not a Venn diagram as much as it's a pyramid. At the very bottom of the pyramid, the broadest but the shallowest is the vulnerability assessment. It's looking for weak spots in your walls.
0: I look at them as effectively as being must have, nice to have, or probably should have. Have, and then the ultimate enterprise maturity level.
1: And I mean, you need to have a vulnerability assessment performed probably at a fairly regular interval. Let's be honest here. When it comes to pen testing, I really think that outside of certain industries, and especially in the small business world, you're pen testing at someone else's request. Mm-hmm. Very few small businesses that I'm aware of are going to just, out of an abundance of caution, without having been subject to a cyber attack, and without being required to do it, they're not going to have a pen test. So it's going to be an insurance requirement, or it's going to be a vendor contract. Someone that they're doing business with is going to require it. Exactly. So they're only going to do it at the probably minimum required term, which for most of what I've seen is once a year. Is that your understanding there?
0: Yeah, it kind of depends on the regulatory agency or the insurance plan, but typically
1: one year is kind of still an industry standard, bare minimum. And so yeah, pretty much the minimum you're going to get. And I've seen ones that are semi-annually, but so your vulnerability scanning identifies weak spots in your wall. The pen test actually tries to exploit those weaknesses and tells you which ones they can get through. But your red team, like you were talking about, this is the top of the pyramid in my mind, the narrowest scope, they don't really care about what way they get in. A pen test is going to tell you. The whole idea is they're going to chart for you all of your potential vulnerabilities that they were able to exploit so you can try to fix them. Whereas a red team, their big thing is just to determine where your security failed. Am I understanding that right? Or is there a, a broader scope there?
0: Yeah, to some extent, again, this is why it's a little confusing. The penetration testing is to me more for checking boxes, more for regulatory compliance, more for fixing broad, low to low-ish hanging fruit in the environment so that you don't get caught by all of the things that you know and the things that are being currently automated and the things that are just going to fly at you and hit you. So penetration testing is one of those things that companies should do if they legitimately want to stay safe. And it's not just doing the penetration test, it's taking the reports and the results that come out of the penetration test and enacting upon them so that you can take what they tell you could happen and fix all those things before they do. Red Team is somebody doing those things to you. It is effectively, let's see what would happen if an advanced threat actor was able to to exploit the things that exist in our environment and get it.
1: You're listening to the Fearless Paranoia Podcast. We're here to help make the complex language of cybersecurity understandable. So if there are topics or issues that you'd like Ryan and I to break down in an episode, send us an email at info at fearlessparanoia.com or reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn. For more information about today's episode, be sure to check out fearlessparanoia.com, where you'll find a full transcript as well as links to helpful resources and any research and reports discussed during the episode. While you're there, check out our other posts and podcasts as well as additional helpful resources for learning about cybersecurity. Now back to the show. So let's talk about why a company might choose to use each one of these and potentially more critically, why they would choose not to. I'm a small business owner. Convince me why I need each of these.
0: Absolutely. As a small business owner, and again, depending on how small of a business, I'd say vulnerability assessment is an absolute no-brainer. If you have any sort of assets that have exposure to the internet, which means email systems, any sort of collaboration and sharing platforms, anything like that, you need to at bare minimum know that all of that exposure is a potential risk and a Liability to you in your business, especially if you hold customer data or any of the other protected data classes. And for the most part, if you're holding one of those types of protected data classes, you're probably already under some sort of regulation to do at bare minimum vulnerability scanning. It exists, especially if you're insured in any sort of fashion. That will be a requirement. So, really, that should be looked at as the bare minimum. It's like getting dressed before you go outside every day. It's one of those things that you just really should do if you're operating a business. It is the bare minimum check. So, to me, if I were to say there's any reason for a small business owner to not do it it would be if you absolutely can not afford it would be the only reason because outside of that i can't think of a single other good justification for ignoring something like this if you have that type of assets or hold that type of data
1: and at the very least a basic vulnerability assessment is not going to be break the bank expensive even for a low margin small business
0: there are a lot of companies out there that are contract firms they'll send you like a small form factor desktop that you just hook to your environment and they can automate almost the entire results of it remote. So that way you don't have to have people coming on site. You're not paying for big engagements, hotels, Mm. airplanes, all the stuff that you used to have to do back in the day. They effectively just drop ship this to you. You hook it up, they connect to it, they run the test, you drop ship it back to them, they send you the report, you're done. And it's pretty cost effective. But there's a big market for those types of automated tests because of that. A Mm. lot of people want to do the bare minimum and this is a great way to do it. And even if it's not the best test in the world and it's not as thorough as a pen test or red teaming engagement, it's going to get you at least good visibility over things you can do right now with small effort to really just shore up the overall security of your business and protect your interests.
1: Okay, so sell me a pen test.
0: So if you are a really small business, pen testing is going to be that point where you're going to start to see a threshold of cost where you're going to have to start wondering whether or not this is something that's going to be beneficial to you. So if you were a very small business, if your vulnerability scan came back poorly, now I would really want to sell you a pen test and say, well, okay, you either need to put forth the effort to fix this or let me show you what will happen if you don't. And you really take that vulnerability assessment and take it up to like that next level where you can start to see actionable like intelligence that you get from a pen testing engagement really is something that you can kind of commit to and use as a project plan to shore up future of the security around your systems and your data. So again, if you've got important data, especially anything in one of those critical classes, I think a pen testing engage if it's within the realm of something you can afford. And again, they scale pretty readily with cost. You can do relatively automated pen test engagements all the way up to fully, you know, hands-on ones with experts. But I'd say bare minimum, a pen test engagement is a good thing to do at least once every so often so you can see whether or not your pants are really around your ankles. And and that's going to be the way to do it. Well, really scan will give you an idea of what sits out there, but this will show you what impact those results can have on your business.
1: All right. So we've talked about the pen test. Let's go to red team. Sell me why I need a red team.
0: If you're a small business owner, chances are, unless you're doing something super critical, I'm going to tell you that I'm not even going to try and sell it to you. For most small business owners, again, unless you're dealing with critical assets, you're developing like nuclear defense technology or something, banking, uh, heavy finance, something to that effect, you're probably not going to need an active red team engagement. And it's probably going to be something that's going to be a little outside of your cost structure. Again, third-party
1: red team would be very targeted. It'd be for specific use cases. Aside from needing to be able to prove to your billionaire client who wants to store his jewels in your safe, what are the use cases for a red team?
0: I'm a small, high-value startup that is dealing with some sort of cutting-edge technology, and I have a lot of intellectual property that's sitting inside of a system. But because I'm a startup, I've only got 12 people, most of which are either some sort of developers or some sort of intellectual property owners that are coming into the business. They're specialists, they're not security
1: people. In this use context we're talking about, that's data. value has a multiplier that is probably significant because you know simply having a few people's personal information in your systems, probably not going to justify having a red team. But if you have private data that if it were to get out in the public is going to cost someone millions, then obviously you have a value multiplier on that data.
0: Sure. What if you're a small hedge fund or a small trading firm that's probably 10 traders and you've got 10 billion dollars of assets under management.
1: Or a proprietary algorithm that is just absolutely an
0: ass kicker. Sure. Anything that they've got, all the data that they're protecting, again, trade information, those algorithms, investor data, all of that, it's all critical data. Those are the kind of data stores that you'd want to protect. Anyone that's in like a small banking, you're opening up a new credit union or something and you're going to set up this online secure banking application. You would want to get somebody to absolutely beat the heck out of that thing for quite a while to make sure that when the bad guys on the internet do start beating it up and they will shortly after you put it out there that you've already had some pretty thorough work done against it to try and rule out at least, I mean, at that point, you're not even talking low hanging fruit. You're talking the low hanging, the medium hanging. You want these guys to climb up and find the hidden mini fruit underneath the leaf somewhere that you forgot if they're going to find anything. And that's why some companies hire red teams full time in ongoing engagements because the work is effectively never done because as your systems mature, as you bring in new applications, as you bring in new users, as you bring in new anything to your infrastructure and things modernize over time, You have to continually be testing all those different things. So as one red team engagement ends, okay, hey, we tested our core file server. Everything's all good on the file side. You know, we could not actually trade files. Okay, cool. Well, now we're going to head towards the password manager and we're going to go beat that thing up for a while, or we're going to go to the Azure key store and uh, we'll see if we can pull secrets out of there or, you know, it's just always or this or this or and this Mm -hmm. and just it's always something new. So you just kind of progressively identify target lists and continue to just assess the most important pieces of your security and work to constantly just rigorously enhance what you've got for layers around those assets.
1: We've got a pretty good idea now of circumstances that would entail each of these three particular security measures. One thing that we talked about before we started recording I really wanted to briefly mention here is that no matter what your approach is and which of these measures you believe is necessary or appropriate or right for your use case, one of the big things that you're gonna be dealing with is cost. Now, I think we've established and discussed pretty clearly that the nature of these things three system. There's a big step in between each one. I imagine, Ryan, the cost differentiation is going to be similar. The bigger the test, the bigger the cost.
0: Yep, it absolutely escalates exponentially right through the categories the way we describe them. Your vulnerability assessments are typically automated. They're pretty reasonably priced, but there's a good variety along them. But that's your easiest entrance into the market space. Penetration testing on the low end or on the cheaper end from an automated firm is still relatively reasonable to most businesses. Bringing on internal pen testing gets to be uh, slightly more expensive, if it's needed, but then you're looking at transitioning towards those type of red team activities where you're not just doing that internal broad testing, you're actually engaging upon it as well. And that usually, again, will require either engaging with third parties, which tend to be a pretty premium expense, or you're bringing that expertise in-house, which means now you're building effectively a small red team department or you're leveraging one or two just supreme experts in that area to kind of accomplish those goals that you're setting forth. So that tends to be the most expensive method just due to the expertise involved.
1: And one of the big things, though, that we were talking about is that you can't necessarily judge your ability to afford any of these based on the cost of the service itself. You have to be prepared to act on anything that they find. Now, I know that a lot of people might hear that as a recommendation from our end that you take the buried head in the sand approach and that absolutely is not the case. However, I will say that one of the most difficult things that you can do is convince people to spend money on something for which you have no guaranteed return on investment. It's One of the most difficult aspects of selling cybersecurity internally to any business is that it's very difficult to show where by spending this money you are protecting it anything. It's proving a negative. The idea that there would be significant costs for any of these tests and that based on those tests, you might incur even more significant cost is something that businesses really need to internalize when they look at these systems. What kind of things have you seen when it comes to turning up problems in these types of tests? Well, the typical
0: biggest problem is what you alluded to already is that most people get very overwhelmed when they see the actual state of their environment after a test. And it becomes a real challenge to find out, okay, now we've taken on the cost of this test. We've done on this assessment what, what what do we do now how do we deal with all these things the biggest downfall I see come out of most of these tests is people do exactly what you said too they tend to look at this they get overwhelmed they bury their head in the sands and say well I either have to fix all this or I just have to accept the risk and on the very high level that's really the decision that comes down is either we either have to accept this and find ways to commit capital commit time to deal with all these things and knowing so that dealing with all these things may in the end not be the answer to fully keeping us safe mm-hmm. even if it will increase the likelihood dramatically, uh, and it does. I'd say that the biggest thing is that the easiest way to catch yourself with somebody yanking your pants down around your ankles is if your head's buried deep in the sand, though. So I mean, you know, uh <laughs> if you do take that approach of burying your head in the sand, it either means one of two things. Either your data is probably already being exposed, your systems are already being abused, and you're just completely unaware of it because you choose not to see it. Mm-hmm. Or you're on your way there.
1: Yeah, you've been lucky.
0: It's a scary thing because I've been whispering this to a lot of my other partners and Peers in my industry, especially at my business, and that's 2023 is. This is going to be the year everybody gets their taste of cybersecurity because every door is being knocked on, every wall is having something thrown at it, and just the sheer number of hits already this year just shows the threats are escalating. They're becoming much more numerous, and doing stuff like just basic vulnerability scanning and even starting this approach will put you well on your way to not being one of the easiest to hit targets. And that might be the one thing that saves you from that huge incident where it's either you or your competitor sitting in the news on the headline.
1: Yeah, one thing I saw that you shared recently was that this past month saw the the highest number of reported ransomware attacks in a month in the past three years. It's kind of frightening to think that that is on the rise right now. Well, y'all, we are out of time here on Fearless Paranoia. Making yourself a harder target, no matter how that happens, is important. Securing something to 80% is better than securing it to 50%, which is better than securing it at 0%. Whatever you can do to improve is a good thing. So a lot of these tests Will reveal things that can be fixed with little to no cost, and primarily will only involve you changing your behavior, which I'm not going to suggest is easy, but it is definitely cheaper than, say, for example, hiring an entire red team to consistently attack your own systems. So, we want to thank you for joining us today. Please, please, please share this podcast with anyone you feel might be able to be able to benefit from some of the uh, information we provided. You can sign up and subscribe to our podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, and you can visit us on social media. We'll see for how much longer some of them are around I won't name names but rockets exploding four minutes after takeoff not a great sign LinkedIn is probably the best place to find us let's just be honest so I will I'm just going to thank you for joining us here and for Feelers Paranoia I'm Brian and I'm Ryan and we will see you next time